always am in the PA booth and always nervous that this coordination by turning the lapel on, making sure it's working. So thank you very job. Thank you very much. You're doing a great job, Jakai. Praise the Lord. My hands are, or my, um, the, the sermon is in your hands. <laughs> All right. Can you turn the Bible, uh, turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 5, 6 through 7. Let's all stand uh, as we read God's word. Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. Verse 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Now let's move to uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, 4 through 7. And actually, it will just read seven. Okay. That the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perish through it will be tried with fire might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Our Holy Father, Lord, this is um, a message that I'm excited to share, uh, that you get to share to me and that you'd like to share it circles in 270, um, but if I wanted to, I could go online 
check out the place I want to be. I can even see the picture of the street and the steps and the front door and just plan everything so that there are no surprises when I get there. I mean, that's all at my disposal. I could do this with any place, whether it's 10 minutes down from here or whether it's a 10-hour drive away. We can do this. I remember when I was, not long ago, but where I had to print a map or use a map and figure out where to go. Now I just open the thing and just left, right, left, right, and end up there, and it works. Um, but if you ask me as a kid, would people have access to see everything they could imagine at a moment's notice, I wouldn't believe you. I'd say that is crazy, that we could do all that without any effort. I think maybe that's probably just something that the really important people would have. Maybe the, the really rich people or the powerful people would have access to, to do this and wield this resource, like the Internet. But now it's available for anybody, for kids, for adults, for everybody. And so what, is, what do we get from this? You know, we can access all this stuff, but what is it training us, right? Essentially, you can see anything you wish. We don't have to wait. We don't have to be patient. We don't have to send a mail, wait for it to travel. I mean, even Amazon real mail is fast. You know, it's faster than I can believe it. Um, and I just get so excited about the technology, but I'm also cautious where it leads us. You know, everybody with a phone, you think about it, phones and cameras, and then now smartphones, you have cameras on phones, and that sounds bad, right? You can go everywhere you can go, and you're bringing a camera around with you. And so you can take a picture of anything that you want to see. Uh, think about all the, the, when we go soul winning, you go by the doors and I can hear all the doors talking to me because all the chimes I knock, I, I pass by and I'm like talking to a video thing instead of knocking on the door, I'm getting more people that answer to their ring door than actually to their door. Who would have thought, right? And um, there's even an app that shows us when something's going on, like a crime or car accident, you could actually open up your phone and record it as it's happening and other people are watching. I mean, you could be helping, but no, no, no. The focus is that you need to capture this on camera so other people in the whole world can see it. I was actually showing this to my parents one day uh, up in Streetsboro and, and we were looking at it and I've, I'm so used to when I look at it, there's like helicopters flying and there's like red things with fire here and like, like guns with like you know, whatever, who knows what's going on in that part. And it's always red in that, that app, right? Then I come over and visit my parents. I'm like, I think it's broken because it's all green. What's going on? So, you know, it's just one of those things that's pretty, pretty interesting to see that we have the desire to not only capture everything, but also to share it. And why? Why do we want to share this? Why do we want to see all these things at once? Is it really important, right? And uh, so... So kind of the thing is, back to the point, is the power to see anything is at the tip, at our fingertips. And now that we've talked about how easy that is, let's talk about believing. A lot of times we equate, oh, I believe in this, it's real, it's got to be true, because I saw it, I get it, I understand it. But mostly, what we physically observe with our eyes, and through my life, I, I would say, if there's any sense like of our taste and feel and sight and touch and all those different things. I really like sight. I mean, think about all the things that sight gives you, all the things that you can see, all the things that you can create, all the things that are, are part of it and you need driving, you need your vision for. And so to me, we spend a lot of time saying, 
put a lot of emphasis on what we see. Actually, you'll hear things like this that you, people will say. It says, it's so incredible you had to see it to believe it. Or, I'll believe it when I see it. These are the things that a lot of people have as the tenants, whether they're going to be on board, whether it's a new thing or a new process or a new something. They want to see it. They want to understand it. And uh, we only take stock of something that we can observe with our eyes. If there's no photo, if there's no video, if there's no paper trail, if there's no digital trail, or if there's no receipt, which my wife will scan for you for points, or I will scan for points, um, it didn't happen, right? What we're saying is that we reserve sight as a supreme evidence to confirm that something exists. And it makes sense, and it's something that we use an over time and time again. Even in law, you have eyewitnesses, right? So, so we, this is embedded in the way that we think. But I'm, gonna, I'm excited to share with you kind of something that's more powerful uh, than sight that can be part of our lives. If we're not careful, we realize that after, after doing this and doing this, we're only going to trust on things that we see. But that's not what God has in store for us. God wants to challenge, challenge us to go beyond what we can see. All right? And that used to work, but now we're also in another problem where we're transitioning to the intercept where seeing things, maybe we see it, but we don't actually believe it anymore. Think about this. All the pictures we see, it's all digital now. All video, right? We, all those things that you saw or that we can see, unless we go in front of it, that's the only way we can do it. And even then, we're still a little, skepti uh, little skeptical about it. Think about Photoshop. There's a tool, um, and I love technology, so you'll hear a lot about it in here. But Photoshop, where you can manipulate photos, and you can do all these different things. We can alter the faces, you know, and, and uh, change things. So maybe your hairdo, you know, I don't know. Um, we can uh, write a program that copies a person's voice. And I couldn't believe it when I heard it. But it, you say a couple words, or a lot of words, and then it, like, thinks about it. And then you can say, you can have your words, someone's voice, say things that they've never said and that's crazy. You can do with photos. You can make them go to places that they've never been before, you know, and that's not good, right? So it's very scary, but it's very true that we once had this tenet of, wow, if I didn't see it, I don't believe it. But now we're like, but if I didn't see it, but I saw it, and that's not true, I'm in a conundrum. What am I going to do? A lot of this is used to help and assist people. All this technology, all these tools, they always say, hey, it's for productivity, it's for this. But I believe that there's an underlying thing behind it which Satan wants to use, okay? And what he wants to do is he wants to kind of put us in a position where we don't know what to trust. We thought we had it all figured out. We thought there's no way this is, this is real, this happened, but then all of a sudden underneath our feet, we realize, what do we trust anymore? Um, oh, a couple of things that I was thinking, I have to say some funny things, is even the toys we have, we can, we can like manipulate faces. Like Think about like Snapchat or all these other things that they have filters or on your camera, on your phone. I was taking a picture with somebody's phone one day, and I was wondering why I had rosy cheeks and really red lips. And I realized that their default setting on the camera was like to like make them also look good too. And I was so confused. I was like, I don't know what's going on. Um, so hey, you know, you can slim your waist, add makeup. You know, back in the day, we had 
your uh, like uh, yearbooks in the school. You take the photos, and then if you wanted to do any Photoshop, you would just take a Sharpie marker, maybe give them a little bit of horns, a mustache, you know, all that kind of stuff, old school way, do a little graffiti. But now, you know, it's a lot easier uh, to do all that. And now we have a lot of skeptics. We have a lot of people that don't know what to believe. They're confused. Just like if you hear, we hear about, well, we talk about the King James Bible. That's the Bible that we read, right? We don't, we don't want to listen to any other books because it gets confusing. And when it gets confusing, people give up. People are like, I quit. I don't trust this anymore. I'm, I'm having a hard time because I, wanted, I don't want to waste time in something and then find out. It's not true. Same thing here. We've got a lot of people seeing a lot of different things, and you can see a lot of things. And it can cause you to realize, boy, I've made a mistake, and then now I'm embarrassed, and then now I don't want to trust anything, and I just want to be in the corner and just eat food. I don't know. Or eat ice cream. I don't know. I love ice cream. So, and this is the devil's tactic. But we also don't just see this today. We also see this in the Bible. Let's go to Judges. 636, and we've heard a lot of, we've, we spent a lot of time right now in Sunday school lesson, we're in Judges, in our Bible reading, we're through Judges, I mean, it's everything, the, all the stars are aligning for us to go to Judges, right? Um, so I'm, I'm excited about it. Pressure is on. It, it goes. It goes great. Okay. All right. And then Judges six thirty six. All right. This is a great a great uh, 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 reference in the Bible that we see about Gideon, the fleece of wool. And Gideon said unto God, If thou wilt save Israel by mine hand, as thou had said, behold, I will put a fleece of wool on the floor. And it will be the dew on the fleece only, and it will be dry upon all the earth. Beside then I shall know that that will save save Israel by my hand. Okay? So he's like, if you do this for me, God, and I can see it, then we're going to be okay. And you think that's enough, right? But then he says, um, and so, uh, and it was so, for he rose up early tomorrow, and thus God course, did what he said, and thus for the fleece together, and we wringed the dew out of the fleece, and a, a bowl full of water, and Gideon said unto God, let not thine anger be hot against me. He knows that him going to ask again, he's like, you know, you said this, but let's ask again, and he says, and I will speak this what once, let me prove, I pray thee, but this once with the fleece, let it now be dry on the fleece, upon the ground, let there be dew. So we're switching it, and God, so that night, for it was dry on the fleece only, and there was dew on the ground. <laughs> and it is exciting to me to see God's patience and his long suffering. It's also exciting to see that God answered. So we have a God that answers prayer, right? Because he was praying. But also what we have here is um, we, we see that Gideon, he was waiting to see the evidence before he was going to do anything. Never mind. Sorry. <laughs> okay. I don't know if you got that. Okay. Come on. All right. As Christians, it hurts our progress on serving him and continuing his work when we hesitate, right? What are we waiting for? We know what's right. God's truth is there. 
we can have faith in him. He just shows us we just have faith and follow, okay? And so here are the things that we can do. You know, if we're supposed to have faith and we don't have faith, isn't it a sin to what to do good but not to do it? But yet we're getting tripped up because we're waiting on things that God doesn't even require of us. We think God requires us to see things and to see proof, but he doesn't. He just says, go, do, and we should do. In Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of, not, of things not seen. God challenges us to follow, God challenges us to follow him, to build a relationship on him, and it starts with faith. Why faith? Why couldn't it have been sight? Well, we see. Now we see. Could you imagine 2,000 years ago when they were doing this, and God, or be, even before, right? And God was saying, oh, let's just make it on, let's make it on visuals. Let's make it on things that you could see or you could build or you could touch. See how the limit you have? But when it comes to faith, there's a lot more resiliency with that. We think it's easy just to base it on what we look. Let's say God said, let's build a statue or a temple. But then think about it. Would it last? Would it last for two thousand years? How many buildings do you see today that last two thousand years? Not that many. And when they last two thousand years, there's not much of them, and there's a lot of restoration. I mean, I've seen some houses that don't even last ten years. And as a, as a kid, my bedroom did not last that long either. <laughs> so, think about the limit if we put our faith on things that we could see. God knew this. God's wisdom is so He can see past time all those things. And that's what's so exciting that we're trusting in him. We're not trusting in, in some uh, fake or some cheap uh, uh, counterfeit. You know, and the other thing is people start taking statues for granted. You know, like I think we see in class, we're studying about uh, different uh, statues and everything. And you could see people making more stat, bigger statue and a bigger statue and a bigger statue. And then now you see people making trinkets of that statue. And then you see people putting graffiti on that statue. And, and if that was our, our reason for faith, it would be terrible that people would disrespect it and, and hurt it. But God says, no, don't worship any idols. Worship God. Worship him. I am that I, you know, I am. And that's a little bit difficult for us because it's nothing you can see. But there's wisdom there. What a blessing. And of course, it'd be my luck that maybe that holy place or that spiritual thing that they build would be built on the other side of the world. And I would have to travel to see it. And, and it would take forever to travel it. And by the time I get there, it might not even be there. You know, so there's a lot of challenges uh, that uh, can come awry if we think about it, that we need something that's more powerful than what you can see or that's tangible. We always want something tangible, but God's like, no, I'm going to give you something better, and that's faith, okay? I'd be very depressed for all that work and not to get anything. But faith is available. Listen to this. Faith is available to everyone, to anyone, anywhere, anytime, okay? It almost sounds like a commercial, but it isn't. It is amazing that God makes it. It's almost like you can go anywhere, and you can have faith. we dig through the scripture, we'll find out what a stronger and a better version where faith is instead of sight. Think about things that we know are so powerful, like love, fear, joy. These are things that you can't write down, you can't put in a box, right? But these are the things that we conceive similar to faith. 
I've been to some places that are breathtaking, you know, like jumping out of a plane really takes out your breath. Um, and then puts more air in as you go down, you know, and travel to different places. And I look, I, I dream of a time where I can take Abby and show her all the different places that I've gotten to see and everything. But there's nothing as breathtaking to me than seeing God answer my prayer, okay? Because you can't imagine to see a big God listen to a little person, literally, um, uh, but, but answer it, and it's your prayer, and no one else could know, and it just, just, you just get so excited, right? And that's something that's available to everybody that's a kid, a teenager, an adult, no matter where you are in this world, we have that at our disposal. And it's even more powerful than the technology that you can hold against it. All right, so let's, now that I've sold you on faith, you're all, you want faith now, right? So like, how do we get faith, right? So I've got a couple points that I wanna go through here about 45 points now uh, about faith, and we can start here in Romans, okay? If you go Romans, it's uh, very well known, and that's how I like to keep it. It's nothing crazy, nothing new, but preach what's good, it's always good. God's word, it doesn't change. So if you go to Romans 10, 17... So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. What we can do to have faith is we can read God's word, his word, not our word, not our opinion, not what you hear in the street, not what someone who really smart or sounds really smart says, but I've seen where the Bible counters what people think is smart or what is rational, and there are things here in this Bible that show true wisdom that you would have never thought it to start with. You know, I always love talking about Solomon, where, you know, you have you have two, two, two women who are looking for their baby over the night, and he says, let's solve this problem with a sword, <laughs> you know, and I get so excited thinking that's the kind of savior I have. He has the wisdom, and he got the truth out. He got them to do what, you know, we get to see that there's a wisdom from Solomon from that, and he got that from God. Um, but here, read God's word. Learn about God. Trust in him. Be obedient. It's not complex. God doesn't make this difficult, what he, or doesn't make it complex or tricky. He makes it very simple, easy for us to do. It's just the hard work in doing it. I, I was so excited. I've heard all this preaching about, you know, the next generation, what we're teaching, you know, with all, all the preaching that we've had this week. And I was thinking about what is something that then with, I'm excited, I'm, I'm convicted, I want to apply all these things to my life. How can I do that? Well, I can pray to God more. That's how I get better at prayer. I can read God's word so I can know what to do and I can obey. And as I do these things, when God shows me what to do, I do it. Don't hesitate, right? And then it, then my faith will grow. It, here's the next thing, Romans 3.27. Romans 3, hopefully I didn't mess the numbers up, 27 through 28. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Who likes getting things for free? I love getting things for free, okay? Christ is free for you. He is a free gift, okay? Not a cheap gift. Okay, a lot of things you get are cheap and they're free. But the thing is, God is 
free and Christ is free, but there was, or, uh, Christ had, uh, there was a big price for Christ to die on the cross for our sins. And so he did all the work so that it could be easy for us and it could be free for us. And that's what's exciting about faith is it's, it's free. Your first act of faith is trusting in Christ. It's exciting. We are justified by faith. Romans 4, 5, um, I'll just go through these. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justify the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. James 2, 5, hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, heirs of the kingdom which he hath promised to them? You can be, you may not be rich with money, but you can be rich in faith. And I am telling you that is exciting to know because that's the currency that God cares about, not the money of this world. What else do we get from faith? Faith shows us, regardless of the circumstance, we can believe. And this is incredible. Go to Luke 16.31. So what we're reading here is we're talking about Moses is talking to them, uh, or Abraham is talking to them about about how believing, right? So sixteen thirty one. Slow over there. Okay. And, and and he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they per, uh, be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. And prior, oh, you know what? I'll read a little bit back. Um, verse 29, Abraham saith unto them, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear him. Verse 30, and he said, nay, Father Abraham, but if one went up from the dead, they will repent. And they won't repent because he's trying to say, this is what would happen if they saw somebody come up from the dead, then I can get them to believe, right, and change their mind. And then verse 31, and he said unto them, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded that one rose from the dead. If they're not listening to Moses, I don't know. We could raise somebody from the dead. They'd probably be stinky, you know. But it's not going to change any minds, okay? And so what we come to find out is this, is this is God showing us the fallacy that even if we see something with our own eyes, we're not going to believe it time and time again. Think about this. People, were, people saw Jesus Christ. They had the privilege to walk on the same time frame that Christ was there, and they still did not believe. We think, oh, if this happens, if this happens, if this happens, I will have faith, finally, right? But that's not the case. God says, no, just trust, follow him, and I'll show you even some more verses uh, to help solidify this. So even if we saw the, the dead rise, which would be scary, I would run, um, it still would not be enough, all right? And then there's a sequence to faith, okay? There's an order. God has an order for everything. Thank goodness, right? Thank goodness there's an order for growing up, okay? You know, I uh, would not want dentures as a child, right? So, um, but Matthew, go to Matthew 8, 8. All right, we're still good in time, amen? All right, Matthew 8, 8. This is about the centurion, and there's a lot of times I hear this reference, and 
we've used it for a lot of things for faith, of course. But there is something that I didn't realize this pattern until now that I, I really enjoy and was very encouraging to me. So in 8, it says, The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers un under me. And I say to this man, Go, and he goeth. And to another, Come, and he cometh. And to my servant, Do, do this, and he doeth. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them, Follow, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. See, centurions were Roman soldiers. They were typically not Jews. And so we believe most of these centurions, they did not believe in Jesus. So this was very interesting. He believed in Jesus, and he wasn't a Jew. This particular centurion was a godly man that believed in Jesus. He had great faith. He did not need, here's the point, he did not need to see the evidence, but he believed first. The centurion did not need Jesus to touch his servant. No, or even, he didn't even need Jesus to come to his house. What he needed and what he believed is said, did God, did Jesus say it? Then I'm good. That's all I need. Did he say it? Okay, I trust him. That is great faith. Especially for the people, and as common as for him to be, to be a, um, not a Jew. And he believed Jesus by his word. I want to challenge you to believe God by his word. There was a sick man with palsy in Matthew 9, 2. And I'll, I'll just say this because I'm looking at the time. Okay. And behold, they brought unto him a sick, um, a sick of palsy lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of palsy, Son, be of good cheer. Thy sins be forgiven thee. See the order first. Jesus, seeing their faith, then he performs the miracle. This is a good reminder for us in our day-to-day -day life. Remember what we heard it preached also? Do we do all these things like our regular day activities, but do we go to God first? Do we, do we make these decisions that we think are innocuous to our future, but we don't realize the detriment if we don't trust God? Let's start the right order. Here's another thing about faith. Get excited. A lot of good points. Um, at least I think they're. Uh, we can start small in our faith and grow, okay? And it is wonderful. I think, you know, I at work and a lot of times we're talking about uh, new employees or we're training somebody on the bus route we're training a new worker and we say hey you can do this on the bus and they're like no i was like hey you can go to a door and talk to a person about christ and they're like no it's okay you can do that you know and you think when you tell someone hey it's not a big deal for me anymore because you know what i've been doing it for a while right or someone to sing in the choir, you know, lead, Brother Jordan doing a great job leading the choir and everything. And everyone's like, hey, it's easy to do it. And he's like, I don't know, that's a lot. But it's amazing how God has a vision for what we can be. I'm sure if we actually saw the full plan, God's plan about us, we would run very fast. As fast as our little legs can go, as fast as my little legs can go. Because God has an understanding and his goal is to grow us. So he doesn't set the expectation all the way at the top, right? But he sets it right there where it's great that we can add to that and just walk with him, learn with him. And that is so comfort comforting to me. Let's go to Matthew 17, 19. Okay. 
Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, why could not we cast him out? So they're trying to, to, trying to cast an evil spirit. And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, remove hence and yonder place, and it shall remove. Nothing shall be impossible unto you. And we, we see this, and we also see this where it says, how be it, this kind go, goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. Of course, there's a place for fasting in there. There's a really good, good truth about that. But in this case, what we're looking at is that um, you don't need a lot of faith. God is not even asking a lot of faith out of us. He's asking for a little bit. But it's amazing that that little bit of faith that you have, you just add to it, and you'll grow, and you'll be able to do things like move mountains. I would love to move a mountain, okay? A mountain of laundry. Okay. Um, and it doesn't have to start out big, you know? It doesn't, but it does, ends up big. I don't know how it does. God is eager, very eager, just like you with somebody you're teaching or training ministry. God is eager to see you grow as we are to see other people grow. You know, I'm, I'm excited, really proud of the, the bus team and our and our, everything that everybody's doing, all the workers and taking part. Like, they, the, the secretaries, these are younger teenagers that uh, know more about the streets than I'm pretty sure a lot of adults know. They know, turn left here, turn right here. Actually, if you want a faster delivery route, we can uh, drop a kid here, pick them up there, and do all, you do all that kind of stuff. And they're navigating. They don't even have their driver's license yet, you know? It's amazing. If I told someone, hey, you don't have a driver's license, hey, you're younger, yes, tell us where to go. We're going to drive a bus full of a lot of kids, you know? <laughs> but it's amazing what God can do. Obviously, we do, we're very safe about all these things, but it is, it is amazing. We, we are very good about making sure all the kids get picked up. We don't leave anybody. We're very organized. And they, you know, when I, when I set up the bus route and everything, and, where, and when, you know, Brother Pledgers trained me and those who trained me to, to do it, is, you know, we, we talk to the secretary and not necessarily all the time to the driver. The driver's goal is just to make sure everybody's safe, right? Driving, making sure the road's clear and all that kind of stuff. And I talk to the secretary. And then they help with, like, when the kids are ready, what house is the best house to drive to. You know, we've got to come back around because, the you know, we got half of the kids and the other half is coming, you know. So all of this stuff happens, and they do it, and they do a great job because, you know, we, we started out small, and then we grew, and they just added. They didn't quit. They didn't give up. And I am very excited, you know, f to see all those different places where people can serve and grow. Um, all right. So hopefully I don't lose my spot. Okay. So then, with faith, the other thing is, and this gets to me, this hit me pretty good, is sometimes we overthink and miss out on having faith. Sometimes we have faith and we overthink it. I love overthinking. Uh, let's go to Matthew 14. A lot of good stuff in Matthew. Matthew 14, 28. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if thou, if it be thou, bid me come to thee on the water. Uh, yes, that would be great. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down to the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. I mean, I'm reading it there, but I want to see this. This would have been amazing to see him walk, right? But when he saw the wind boisterous and he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried, uh, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately... Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him. This is incredible. One, because he walked on water. Two, he got to walk on water, and, and Jesus was right there. This is fantastic. And then also, it shows us that we 
can have that we can have that faith and everything, but we can overthink it, right? We can overthink things and then halt and stall, but God's given a very clear order. Do this, just do it. Come here. He didn't give like, come here, take three steps, run really fast, you know, you know, think of all these different things that I want to want to consider. Did you bring a lifeboat, you know, or uh, did you bring a bring a bring a life vest or anything? But he said, just come, and then he came, and it worked. It's that simple, you know. God gives us. Our instruction, and he doesn't make it complex, but we tend to overthink it. I tend to overthink it. And then what happens, and this is what's exciting, is when we overthink it, when we mess up, Christ is there to save us anyways. Isn't that good? That's very good. All right, what do we get for faith? You know, we talk about all these different attributes of faith. In Hebrews 6, 12, we inherit the promises. If you go to Hebrews 6, 12, I, I'll say it, it's very, it's one here, that ye be not slothful, but followers of them through the faith and patience and inherit the promises. You know, if you're faithful, you'll get the promises of God. You know what else we get from faith? We get patience, patience from faith. In James, let's turn there. Send them a text to encourage, you know, and 
there's sometimes we get a little frustrated because I don't only have so many resources that I can do. You know, there's a limit, unfortunately, to, to what, what we can do. But it's amazing how God says, you know, God's over here, all the way up here, but he makes a very easy way. And someone like me can glorify him. Somebody like me can praise him. Somebody like us can make a difference and make a dent in his, in his, uh, his, his uh, um, thankfulness. It's just uh, incredible. In Hebrews 11.6, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he commanded to God, we must believe that he is, and that he is a render uh, of them that di diligently seek him. God loves to be seeked by his people. Okay? He cherishes it. He wants you to go after him. He wants you to meditate and devote time and learn more about him and have a relationship with him. Faith is the entire life of a Christian, both the beginning of a Christian and their future. In Romans 1.17, for therein is the righteousness of God's revealed from faith to faith as is written, the just shall live by faith. You can start with faith, and this is the great part, you can end with faith. It's not temporary, not like those idols, those statues, those things that have limits. We can continue to have that kind of faith. We can do many good things and many valuable things, but without faith, it's sin. Oh, yeah, I, I kind of wanted to add that one. Okay, what happens if you don't have faith? It's sin. When we do things without faith, we're doing things not by trusting God. We're doing things by trusting ourselves. And so that's why we are seeing here that what we want to do when we do things, we want to do it for God. We want to do it in faith. And not all people will have faith. Okay, I don't want to be one of those people and don't be a person without faith. But in the Bible, it talks about people. In Second uh, Thessalonians, it talk, Second Thessalonians 3, 2, it says that there were and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. It's a scary thought, but not everybody has faith. So we want to practice. So now we know a lot about faith. I've gotten through all those little places. You're like, oh, great. He's closing. No. Um, but we've gotten through all these attributes of faith, but I don't want to leave you there. Now you know all about this faith, but how do you put it in? How do you put it into practice? And um, how do you... How do you know? God wants to keep it simple, right? We just need to read God's word, trust in him, and act on that trust. See, where I see the biggest challenge is in hesitation. Hesitation for me is an enemy of progress for a Christian. Because you get all, you know, it's almost like procrastinating. You're like, okay, I've got everything I need, right? Okay, but I need the one thing more, like Gideon. Oh, and I got one more. Okay, but you don't go and do, you know, there's an action to this as a Christian, and we, you know, all this preaching, sometimes I just want to leave my seat and go, and just like go somewhere and do do what has been preached, or or take care of that business that needs to be done, you know, at the altar or whatever, and it's it's that thing that we find that, you know, preacher says it a lot, he'll say, don't, don't, let, don't let the decision you made here go away once you get to the parking lot, right, so I'm always nervous that the truth and the decision that I made in this special place in our church, right? That God has come and his presence is here to, to be robbed of that. And so a lot of times hesitation will steal that. Think about Lot's wife, you know. She wavered in her faith. She turned and became a pillar of salt. God doesn't want you to turn and change when they were leaving um, from Egypt. Gideon's son, Jether, he was had the right um, for their enemies Gideon gave his son, it's typical for them to say, hey, for their son, you get to slay the first enemy, and then there's blood, and 
I would not want to do that because of the blood. Maybe the sword would be cool, but the blood would not. But in that case with Jether, when it came time for him to do it, he hesitated. I, you know, to me, I always get nervous to say, okay, is that hesitation? I mean, up in the PA booth, when someone moves a mic and does this and everything, I'm just like ready to push that button and I don't know. And then it gets close to the mic and then they leave and I'm like, oh no. So, you know, that hesitation is a big deal. Okay. And I want to encourage everybody. How can we, oh, and one more thing about the centurion. And this is where I started earlier when we did this verse about the centurion that I didn't see is that he talks about the centurion talks about how his servant does what he does. And he was really talking about how he can get all this stuff and his accolades of how big he is, but how small he thinks of himself to God. He says, I get all these things, but it doesn't mean anything to you, God. And in this case, he says, you know, I ask for people to do this and they do that. I tell them to come and go and they come and go. But one of the things that he also says here is he says, do this and he doeth. You know, I think we put a lot in between that verse where it says, do this and he doeth. There's something in the middle <laughs> that ends up stopping the doeth part. And that's what we want to target, right? And how can we come over, uh, overcome hesitation? Well, we, we continue to practice what God asks us to do, pray. You know, we get stronger in our prayer so that there's less things that's going to stop us. We, re we read more God's word. So why? So there's less things that will trick us, less things that the devil can use, all of his snares and all of his traps. We can be smarter and be able to dodge a lot of that, you know, and we go to God. We go to God and say, God, give me wisdom here. Help me handle this situation, no matter how small. And if we put trust in God, we take his counsel and we, we act on it. That's, that's the way God wants us to work. Are we going to limit how God works just in church? Are we going to open it up to our finances? Are we going to open it up to the way where we work? And, you know, some of us work outside in the world. Are we going to open it up to our family, to our friends, to all these different things? How much are we going to open up God and to work into our faith? We, we are accountable. God made it very clear for all the things he would create the whole earth and everything to prove his existence, not just a statue, not just one thing. If we say we don't see anything, the truth is we see everything. Everything should give us and point us to have faith in Christ. And uh, what I want to say here is, you know, if you look at this, I, you can't talk about faith without going to Hebrews 11, right? But going down to Hebrews 11, you think about all these different areas where other people had faith, right? By faith, Abel offered um, unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, right? By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the, to the saving of his house. By faith, Abraham, when he was called out to, uh, into a place which he should, after receive for inheritance, obeyed. By faith, he sojourned. By faith, by faith, by faith. We see all these different areas that God just does. It must be important because we hear it all the time through God's word. Stop waiting Start having faith and start doing things for Christ. Go to Acts 6, 8. Acts 6, 8. All right. And Stephen, full of faith, and power did great wonders and miracle 
miracles among the people. Think about what we can do as a church having faith. I would like to be part of the great wonders and the great miracles that we can do among the people through God. And that's the challenge. So here's the challenge. Kids, children, right? You want to show you're capable. You want to show that you can do things, accomplish your things through your faith in God. Teenager, you're eager to have a relationship and fall in love, right? Build one with God. Single adult looking for someone to share your day, share it with God. Parents looking for strength to face the challenges of life, build your faith with God. Sunday school teacher, you want to help your students, not with yourself, but with your faith, faith of God. Our faith reveals our relationship with God. Just because we don't see something doesn't mean, or just because we see something doesn't mean we should believe it. Aren't you glad you don't worship an, uh, an idol, an object, something that's static, that has limitations? We serve a living, breathing God that wants a relationship with us. Faith is a relationship. Is today going to be the day that you get your first faith for those who know, who know not Christ, who have not accepted him? And for those of you who are saved, is it going to be the day that you stop waiting but put your faith and put it to the test?